Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. This is Tara Gleason. I'm a Parents Parent Master Educator. I am also the curriculum developer for the Parents Parent Program here at the Military Child Education Coalition, and I will be your host for today. Joining me is Dr. Ken Ginsberg, and this is a second in a series that we are doing monthly with Dr. Ginsberg. And this month, we're going to talk about open communication We're going to talk about really listening and what that means in this podcast. And also he's going to talk to us about loving our children and making sure that they actually receive the love and and, and know that we love them. So thank you for joining us and listen in as we talk with Dr. Ken Ginsberg. What can parents do to lay the foundation for open communication with their military kids? So I'm going to respond in a way I did in a similar podcast to say that military families are families first. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that the answer for military families is different than all families. So I'll make you a deal. Let me talk to Tara first about parents in general. And then come back to me and say, is there anything specific for military kids? Because remember... The only thing different about military kids is the predictability of their challenges and the abundance of some of their strengths. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do we foster open communication? The first is by having made the decision to be a parent who has open communication. Let's begin with Eric, because we have to. So there are so many parents who think it's not your job to have open two ways communication. It's your job to explain to kids what they need to do. After all, you're the parent, you're the one with experience, you're the one with the wisdom. And that's the, you'll do what I say, why, because I said so, model of parenting. The problem is that if you have that model, you're not gonna know what's going on in your young person's life. You're gonna have the kind of relationship where your kid might be deeply respectful to you until you're there about 12. Then they're gonna go into kind of a, a secrecy of adolescence and might choose not to stay with you long after adolescence because you were seen as controlling. So the reason we have open communication is because it's good for our relationships, it's good for our kids, it factually makes us know what is going on in our kids' lives, which allows us to monitor them, and it sets us up for our real goal, which is lifelong interdependence. Our goal is not for our kids to become deep um, independent. That's a nice stopping ground. But our real goal is interdependence, families sticking together across the generations. We have open communication so that they learn that there really is something meaningful in including us in their lives. So let's get back to this monitoring piece. Monitoring your child is absolutely critical for your being 
the guide along their journey towards adulthood. And we used to think that the way we monitor children was by asking them a lot of questions. Where are you going? Who are you going to be with? Who's going to be there? Will it be supervised? When are you going to get home? What are you doing? Um, you haven't heard this for a few years. Can you guess, Tara, why you haven't heard this out there? Any guesses? In like 10 years, you haven't heard this. Seven years. What, the, the, all those questions? All the questions. Why do we not tell people to do that anymore? Because it doesn't work? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work because kids lie. It's not what we ask. It's what we know that matters. That is the secret to monitoring our kids. And open communication is the secret to getting our kids talk. So the first thing is you have a communication where kids know who are you, someone who loves them without condition, your presence is reliable and unwavering, and your job is to protect them, not to control them. That's not your goal. It's to protect them. It's to guide them. You also want them to know you enjoy them. Right? Parenting, let's be honest, it can be hard sometimes. It can feel like a burden. Gosh, it's the best thing in the world. And our, our kids need to know that we feel that way about them um, because it's really protective for them. So how do we have open communication? The key to having our kids talk is for us to listen. It's about how we listen. When we react too much. It's interesting you said it's how we listen. Because so many of us as parents think, well, we're listening. Right. We're listening, but you're like, it's important how you listen. So most of us could raise our hand when you say, are you listening to your kids? Right. But I think it's such a key point that you're saying, you know, there's a, a better way to listen. Yeah. Can I have an amen for that? So that's absolutely right. So, so it's like if you're listening with the intent of having an answer or jumping in or reacting in any way, you're not listening. Right, And if you're listening with an ear towards problem solving, then you're actually getting in the way of their development. When you're listening with the goal of being a sounding board, right? so the term I use, I don't know if you've heard this, lighthouse parenting. Parents, you should be like a lighthouse for your child. Right. It's in your book, Raising Kids That Thrive, right? It is, yeah. right. <laughs> Um, so, so lighthouse parenting, you should be like a lighthouse for your children, a stable force on the shoreline from which they can measure themselves against. You should look down at the rocks and make sure that they don't crash into them. You should look into the waves and trust in their capacity to learn to ride them, but prepare them to do so, right? So it's, ha it's listening with an intent of preparing and guiding, but actually trusting in their wisdom. Because trusting in the wisdom they have is actually a very important part of open communication. It's bi-directional. It goes in two directions. So here's the thing. Kids love drama. If you listen to like eighth graders, it's just drama city. They hate drama from their parents. All right? They don't want you to react. And in the context of a military family, I told you I was going to do this later, but in the context of a military family, let's talk about how much they don't want to cause stress for you. They want to spare you, which means that if they feel like something they tell you is going to stress you out, they won't tell you, right? So we have to be able to say to our parents, you don't, to our children, excuse me, you don't spare me when you protect me. You honor me when you share with me, right? Um, so, what does it mean to not react? 
The first thing I want to teach parents is to um, turn off your parent alarm. Your parent alarm is that trigger that goes, oh, teaching opportunity. Turn on mama bear, right? So it's like, mom, I met this girl. You're too young to date. Mom, my friend Paul, he's using drugs. I told you he was from a bad family. Don't ever hang out with Paul again. Now, by turning on that parent alarm, you have absolutely lost the ability to have a talk about healthy sexuality or drugs in this case. Another thing that we do is catastrophize. Um, and that is when a kid tells us something and we just blow it up. Mom, I got a C minus on a test. Oh my God, now you're never gonna get into college. Listen, we're gonna get you tutoring. We'll talk up to the teacher. If we need to, we'll get him fired. We'll move if we have to. Well, guess what? That kid doesn't wanna move. It means you're never gonna hear again about his grade. And the toughest one for parents is over empathizing. So on the one hand, we want our parent kids to know how deeply we feel, but when we do, we lose the objectivity that they're actually craving. A perfect example is, again, getting back to that eighth grade girl. She has a fight with her best friend, and she comes to you and she says, Mom, you know my best friend Sarah, I, we've been best friends forever. We went to um, travel soccer together when we were two years old and we were going to grow up and marry brothers and they were going to call us both aunts and everything was going to be great and now I absolutely hate her and I never want to see her again. And then you respond, I don't blame you, darling. Um, I, I've never liked her. She's a so-and-so and I can't stand her and I hate her mother too. Right? When you do that, you think you're joining with your child but what your child will never be able to tell you is that she made up that evening and she's best friends with Sarah again because you've taken sides. What she needed from you was to listen, to say those active listening words like, tell me more, thanks for sharing, this must be so hard for you, I'm glad that you come to me, how can I help, what are your plans, what are your thoughts, don't make big decisions now, just let it out. Say those kind of words to keep communication going so that what happens is you're praising the process of communication. I love that my daughter talks to me. I love that you come to me. Come here for a hug. You're praising that, not the content of speech. Once you begin saying, you told me blank and I react, they stop coming to you. So like the most important thing is preserving the relationship above all else no matter what they say no matter what they do preserving the relationship is in building the relationship not just for over communication but for everything talk about what's going on in adolescence right you you have this fundamental question who am i and the sand is shifting beneath your feet because your other questions are am i normal and do i fit in mm -hmm. and all of these Friends are shifting like the wind sometimes. And sometimes people aren't liking what you look like and what, there has to be someone in your life who's just there and who sees you as amazing. Can we talk about that? Because, you know, what, what is love? Love is seeing someone as they deserve to be seen, as they really are. Not based on a behavior they might be displaying and not based on what they might be producing. And the most protective force in a young person's life is to know that they're loved, to know that they're seen, to know that someone sees them as they really are, not on their grades or what they dress or whether or not they, they score the three-pointer, right? That's not what it is. And when we react to the little things, 
the grades, the scores, then what a child is hearing is my relationship might be related in some way to what I'm doing. When on the other hand, we do exactly what you said just a second ago, Tara, which is just to be there. My love is never going to change. That is not only good for open communication, it is profoundly important for our kids' self-esteem when the sands are shifting underneath their feet. And you know, getting back to the military family, you're going to move every year or two, right? And what that means is that parental relationships and sibling relationships are that much more important. The family unit has to be the place of absolute security. It is inviolable. And the relationships cannot be related to scores or grades or trophies. It is you. I love you. I see you. So on this same topic, can you share with us a little bit about the language of love for military kids? Mm -hmm. So I know that you have parentandteencommunication.com. Can you share us a little bit more about mm -hmm. that? So let me tell you first about parentandteencommunication.com. This is a new website. It's much more than a website, but the website will have the most comprehensive body of work out there, I believe, on open communication, on um, strength-based communication, on how to do balanced parenting right, on stress reduction for all parents in the country. It will have films, it will have some mini podcasts on say this, not that, and we'll have lots of written materials. Um, and it will all be strength-based. It will present adolescents as they deserve to be seen. It will acknowledge that they sometimes take risks, but it will help you understand why. And once you understand why, you're going to be able to help them navigate that journey rather than shut them down. Because adolescent risk-taking actually is what builds their intelligence and their wisdom. And we've got to support it while absolutely keeping them safe and monitoring them. So Center for Parent and Teen Communication, um, to be found at parentandteen.com, will have a lot of information for parents and young people because communication is a two-way street. So to go and teach parents how to use an I statement to not trigger your kid's defensiveness mm -hmm. isn't going to work if you don't have young people knowing how to use an I statement. Teaching parents not to react isn't going to work if kids don't have the same tricks in their toolbox. Mm -hmm. So it's all there, which in my humble opinion is way cool. All right. We're excited to check it out, that's yeah. for sure. So, so let, let, me, let me talk about um, uh, the language of love as an example. So there will be a military landing page mm -hmm. on the Center for Parenting Communication. As I've said before, Military families are families first. It all applies to them. But there are certain issues that really apply most to, or I wouldn't say most, but that are particularly important to military families. And you mentioned one of them, Tara, which is the language of love. Why? You know, love is a beautiful thing. It's the most protective force in human beings' lives. Um, but love only counts if kids know they're loved. Mm -hmm. So like, if you love your kid, but, you, but they have no idea you love them. It doesn't have the protective force. You can still buy them stuff. You can still like keep a roof over their head and feed them. And you do it because you love them. But they may or may not know. And 
We have so many different ways of expressing love when we're physically present. We can use our words. We can go fishing, go for walks, work in a hobby. We can squeeze our kid's neck. We can pat our kid on the bottom. All of these things that say, I love you, that express warmth. Because that's between love and warmth, right? Love is what you feel. Warmth is what they know you feel. So here's the problem. Now you're a military family and you get separated for a year or one of your parents gets separated for a year. That parent can't pat the kid on the butt anymore. That parent can't go fishing. All you've got are words. So the language of love matters. From my point of view, one of the things that I've said um, for years now is if you are strong enough to protect our country, you have to be strong enough to find your words. Because here's the truth. Um, anybody can have uh, problems with words. But um, men in particular, um, too many of us were raised to not um, have these words at our disposal. Um, and what that means is suddenly if you're deployed for a year and you don't know how to say, I love you, I care, I miss you, um, then your kid actually won't know it. So part of being a military family is to have those words that express over a phone, over Skype, without physical presence, how much you care and how much you love. So that's one example of what a military family needs while they're deployed. I could give you others if you want. Sure. Um, discipline is one of them. Mm -hmm. It's really being able to um, discipline from a distance. Um, in another uh, um, recording, we went into that in detail, but I just want to say that when families are separated from a distance, you cannot and must not take one parent out of the disciplinary process for a year. It will make it impossible for her to return, if it's an adolescent. Mm -hmm. If she leaves when the kid is 13, is uninvolved in discipline until the kid is 14 and comes home, that 14-year-old is going to say, don't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. It is critical that from a distance they are always involved in um, discipline and with some family contracting strategies that we put out for the Center of Parent and Teen Communication, um, for all families, but particularly relevant for deployed military families to keep you engaged in that way. And that it lays it out. Do you have sample? Yes. We haven't seen it yet, so this is the sneak peek of like yeah. there's samples in there. And there will be yeah. samples, and ultimately, we hope to be able to have a uh, product where you'll be able to work online on the same contract. I don't promise you that. What I promise you is that it will have examples of how to do it. And there's going to be um, things written by three teenagers that tell your kids what to do. Because here's the secret it's of the- From their peers instead of from another adult. Exactly. But I'm, not, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of help them write it a little yeah. bit. But, but, it's, but it's going to be their language. But the point is, they have to put out the starting volley. Right. They have to say, I'd like a curfew until, say, 9 o'clock, right? If they do well, their curfew is going to be expanded to 9.30 in three months. If they don't do well, it's going to get taken away. So the kids have to know, don't shoot for the moon. Shoot for something that's going to work, so for something you can win, that you can succeed, because that's the way this whole strategy works. So we're on their end teaching them how to like really do some self-assessment, mm -hmm. you know, some self-reflection, ask for what, what they think is going to make them succeed. Be realistic. Yeah. Excellent.
I really enjoyed our conversations that we had with Dr. Ginsburg at the NTS. And I know that I learned a few excellent tips about ways that I can better communicate with my children. So I really appreciated him sitting down and talking with us in this podcast. I did want to bring your attention, and it will also be in your show notes, to the parentandteen.com tool that he talked about. There's a page that's specifically for military kids or military families rather, and it's called Supporting Military Families. But I also clicked through here. The first part talks about building resilience, which you know if you listen in on our last podcast, we did a podcast on the seven C's of resilience. And that is what we use in our parent education workshops and a lot of those resources here at the Military Child Education Coalition when we talk about building resilience in our military kids and families. So that's what the whole first part's about. In the podcast, he talked about the language of love. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can find a whole section on the language of love. One of them, once you click on it, there's a video in there. There's two great articles. And you can find that by going to parentandteen.com backslash supporting military families. And then find that part about the language of love. And also, if you wanted to check out a little bit more about the seven C's, which we talked about in last month's podcast. Thank you, everyone for listening and joining us this week and this is a Tuesday special which means that if you are listening right now that means you are a subscriber so we want to thank you for subscribing we also want to hear your comments and your feedback so if you wouldn't mind rating us and giving us a review and also writing some comments down in the comment section we really want to hear more about what you want to hear on this podcast so we would love to have some of your feedback so thanks everybody I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.